0: You're listening to The Worship Review, a podcast which evaluates contemporary Christian music for the good of the church to the glory of God. This podcast is for the whole church to encourage thoughtful engagement with the words, emotions, and ideas in our music. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to The Worship Review, the greatest podcast ever <laughs> created. <laughs> On this podcast, we take a thoughtful look at the texts of worship music. We went through a first season where we cleared the tops of the CCLI charts, seeing what was being sung in the churches, what you crazy people are doing on Sunday mornings, and then we had a small Christmas special which warmed our hearts Um, every heart prepared room for another episode of the Worship Review each Monday.
1: And probably made us some enemies as well, as we attacked a few sentimental favorites.
0: You're absolutely right. In fact, let me look. Uh, We gave... Oh, dear. We gave Mary, did you know, an average of two. So I think some people are really... Well, with Christmas music, people get very attached. Yeah. So uh, we went through the Christmas special. Then we had a second series where... For 20 episodes, we looked at a traditional hymn that had been redone by um, contemporary worship musicians of every ilk. Mm -hmm. So we had uh, some pop, some alternative rock, some indie kind of rock, some southern rock. Uh, Some really, really Southern rock and gospel (laughs) music. So uh, this episode today will be the concluding episode for Series Mm 2. We're not going to look at a song in depth, but rather we're going to look back on the series. And we will review our ratings. We will see if they have changed in the weeks since we gave them. We'll look at the top episodes and the worst episodes, and we will address some listener feedback. So let's jump right in here. We opened the series with How Great Thou Art by Hillsong. Uh, This was well-received by both of us. Each of us gave it a five. I gave it five red rooms, and Colin (laughs) gave it five pieces of jewelry I bought on Instagram. Etsy.
1: Yeah, that's right. Because that was uh, Lauren Daigle singing, that wasn't it?
0: With a lot of uh, fancy Cleopatra jewelry. Yeah,
1: I remember that now.
0: Then we looked at Chris Tomlin's mega hit, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. And... It turns out we weren't quite so fond of this, so Colin gave it a three out of five extra syllables, referring to the garage. Yeah, and I gave it three out of five destroyed pianos because, in order to make that music video, they had to. Uh, yeah. it appeared they had to destroy it. Yeah. a piano. Why? Why? A good question. Then we looked at Abide With Me as performed by the Gettys, which was relatively new at the time. Yeah. I think it was just a couple of weeks old.
1: Yeah, it was uh, recorded. The video certainly was like 2020s. So. <laughs> uh,
0: Colin gave Abide With Me three out of five formants because he's interested in phonetic analysis. No, because he's interested in music production. Auto-tune. Yes. Yeah, autotune. <laughs> referring to how the formants of the vocal tract moved with the pitch in such a way as to sound extremely unnatural. Um And I gave it four out of five doo-wops because there was a doo-wop in there.
1: So that, I mean, there was a bit of a disparity between you and I on that song.
0: Yeah, I I was more forgiving of it than yeah. uh, you were. I think, y- y- if I recall correctly, your concerns with Abide With Me were that... um. The issues weren't clearly addressed. The, the theological issues. It was just more about kind of dying in peace. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I think that was it. Let me just.
0: And they don't they skip thou on my head in early youth did mm-hmm. smile.
1: Yeah, it's funny because now I don't. I mean, now that we've gone through a, bu- a few more hymns, I don't know that I would have dropped it down to a two at this point. I think I would have made it a three. But
0: oh, oh I have I have three for you. Did you give it two?
1: Oh, I did give it a three. Okay, fine. Yes, in my maybe... Still a
0: discrepancy, but— Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I did end up—
0: You signed off on it. Yeah,
1: yeah, I signed off on it. I, I gave it a little endorsement. All right, fine.
0: Then we looked at Joyful Joyful by Passion. Um, <laughs> I, I have a lot to say about this one, but mostly to the way in which it was performed— um
1: yeah that was something that we did more in this season is we did not just talk about performance in our ratings, but we did bring it in a little bit as we evaluated the song, which was a new thing in the first series. We really tried not to do that, yeah, and we did we did bring it in more in the in the second series. Do you think that's something that we're gonna keep doing? I kind of think it will be a little bit.
0: yeah there were several ways in which we developed over the course of this series, hopefully made progress and not regress, but yeah. that's one of them. And I think it's, I think it is worthwhile to address how a song is sung. I mean, you mentioned, um, I've got the joy, yes, joy, right. joy, referring to page, um, 116 CXVI. CXVI. Um, and to me that it's really inexcusable and it's not the fault of the words necessarily. So yeah. I think that is good. I think another way in which we have, changed is if a song includes something else and it omits it, um, I at least am willing to dock it points for that. Yeah. Whereas in the first series, we were trying to evaluate things in and of themselves. Yeah. And, Purely
1: and, what was on the page, as it were. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I think that might be untenable in some ways. So. Yeah. Uh, Or we could do that, right? But it would not be the same podcast, and it would not be as interesting. No. We looked at – oh, wait. Did I – I didn't even give the ratings. We looked at Joyful, Joyful by Passion. Colin, you gave it a two out of five deep breaths, and I gave it a two out of five high school musicals. uh, Referring to – was it? Oh, everyone dancing and singing, spinning and –
1: what, is that what the one that was like spinning, are, spinning no, Yeah, whirling. you are
0: spinning and s- you are singing, you are spinning jealous love over all your children, I think. Oh my goodness. So uh, I, it had me thinking of high school musicals. Um, we looked at Cornerstone by Hillsong. You gave it five out of five Michaels.
1: Now, Cornerstone, you should note, is a, rever- a, a version of My Hope is Built on Nothing Less, right? Correct. Which they called Cornerstone.
0: And I gave it four out of five head nods, because there was a lot of head nodding going on to reassure us of the sincerity of the situation. Then we looked at Before the Throne of God Above by Sovereign Grace. You gave it five out of five changed lyrics, because you are a cheeky man, Yeah. Um, referring to their policy on changing other people's lyrics being right. different from their policy on other people changing their lyrics.
1: because like an elephant, I never forget, and I always want to get the last word in, even in like... 10-year-old debates. So, yep.
0: Hope you're listening, Coughlin.
1: <laughs> Which he did. Oh, he did? Bob Coughlin, well, he, yeah, he, he retweeted that, or he liked that podcast, by the way, on Twitter. So thank you for that, El Babo. That's sweet. For, uh, for liking the podcast, even though I complained in the podcast about Sovereign Grace, whatever.
0: And I gave it five out of five emphatic key changes. Yes. We love that song. Behold him there. The, you've <laughs> got to go up a step there. Yes, that's um, true. Then we looked at oh, 04,000 Tongues by David Crowder. You gave it three out of five $6,300 suits. Come and, on. Uh, come on! And I gave it three out of five margins uh, because Wesley had written some things in the margins. That, that suggested like, that... This song should not be redone. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> May nothing be added to or yeah.
1: removed from it. Yeah, and uh, David Crowder was like, ha, ha,
0: ha, ha. Although in hindsight, I have to say, it's a really arrogant thing to do. Yeah, to write a hymn and is. say, this cannot be perfected yeah, further. I agree. So, good agree. for Crowder. Um, but it was funny how nonchalant he was about it. It was, yeah. Then we looked at uh, this, I believe, also called The Creed. Um, the Creed, referring obviously not to the character on the American Office, but of oh, course, oh yeah, that Creed uh, too, Apostles Creed, um, by Hillsong with his Colin, mung
1: beans. What with his mung beans? Yes,
0: in the, in the desk drawer. <laughs> yeah. He is a hilarious. It's like the last guy oft was named Creed. Colin, you gave it a three out of five song over songs over five minutes, and I gave it two out of five goes had, because they said they would have a go. And I was not pleased. I did not endorse it. And you did.
1: Random question, Tyler.
0: Arbitrary answer, Colin. Okay.
1: Purple. (laughs) (laughs) Random question is, this will be, this era that we're operating in now is like the era of podcasting, right? Nobody had podcasts 20 years ago. Everybody has a podcast at this point. I wonder if people will go back, historians or whatever, and review podcasts and whether the worship review will be reviewed in its historical context and it's a historical moment at some point.
0: Whoa. I mean, to our future historian, I am so sorry.
1: In which case, so the reason why that random thought occurred is because my rating for this song was what was it oh, oh songs over 5 minutes 5 minutes and it's like one of the one of the hallmarks of the genre of christian music whether they were hymns in the second series that we looked at or just normal contemporary christian worship in the first series like it was hard to find a song that was under 5 minutes like christian music is just longer and one of the things that you'll note about the second series of this podcast too is that we just could not shut up. Like we are uh, probably average episode length. I have to think of the first series was around 30 minutes. And I think average episode length of the second series was like 50, 55 minutes probably.
0: Hmm. That's a high average.
1: Yes. Hopefully we can cut that down uh, in, in the third series. We'll see.
0: But the fact of the matter is they were so long, not because we couldn't shut up.
1: No, lot, no, no, that's true. there we, was
0: a lot to talk no, about. No, we
1: went through line by line, right, word by word. So that does take a bit of time. Whereas our questions in the first series were all conceptual questions. Sure. And kind of summarizing questions. Whereas, like, we made it an explicit part of the episodes in the second series to look at, make sure that each line got discussed in some way for the most part.
0: In and the that, first – oh, Sorry.
1: I was just going to say, that takes time.
0: That does take time. And the first series and the second series both had songs that were over five minutes. But the difference was, generally, the first series would have a lot of repetition of really simple, uh, I'm actually going to say platitudes, because sometimes it was just little things like that. And the second series had multiple verses, generally. Yeah. Still a lot of repetition of some things, Mm -hmm. but... That's that is what it was. Then we looked at Jesus Paid It All by Kim Walker-Smith. You gave it a 5 out of 5 hymns memorized.
1: Yeah, I really liked this song for numerous reasons. I'll just get into what's something that I said in the podcast too. Not only did I appreciate the content of the song and just, you know, everything in it, I loved the performance of this song. I I loved the fact that this, these were not all, you know, eighteen to twenty-five year olds up on a stage. Like there were these people in a circle, and like the woman singing the song was clearly like late thirties at best.
0: I did just, you feel represented, Colin?
1: Yes, I felt represented, Tyler. That's right. As a as a man who is past his prime at this point and is slowly becoming aware of it, it was nice to see some. Slightly aging folks really showing that their usefulness and energy is Mm. good.
0: Well, I did not have the same sympathy uh, for the situation. I gave it a four out of five hymns memorized. If I recall correctly, there were some extemporaneous comments that really rubbed me the wrong way for some reason. Um, I do not claim to be perfectly objective. Yeah. Then we looked at It Is Well by Bethel. (laughs) And wow, was it not well for that (laughs) song. No. Uh, You gave it one out of five Ice Queens, referring to Elsa from Frozen. Yeah. And I gave it one out of five Mumford's for the Mumford and Sons look alike.
1: We did not like that song.
0: And unfortunately, we never did another version, or we haven't yet, of It Is Well that does justice to the song, the original hymn.
1: Yeah, I I have to think, I don't know for sure, but I have to think that It Is Well would probably score high on this podcast. I mean, you you never know when we actually, like, get into the analysis. You never know what's going to turn up, but my initial guess is that it would do well.
0: Yeah, I would expect it to.
1: But this version...
0: This version was essentially, let me write something of my own and then steal yeah. this tag that everyone knows and the melody yeah. and then disappear again. Yeah.
1: And write something of my own that just, oh, Yeah. You know, it's,
0: Does no justice. Yeah. It's then we had the barn burner. That's right. Victory oh, yeah, that in <laughs> Jesus by the Gaithers and uh, Guy Penrod. Uh, you were rather fond of it. You gave it a yeah. four out of five blank smiley staves. That stamps. was some
1: sentimentality there.
0: And I gave it three out of five barn burners.
1: But we reversed that when we looked at In the Garden. You were a little bit more sentimental with that one, I think.
0: <laughs> I, I was, yeah. yes. So In the Garden, my uh, my wedding song, um, yeah. the song I wake up to every day. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. And uh, you gave it one out of five creepy Jesus voices. Oh,
1: did I? One out of five. Wow, I really... Really burned that one.
0: You had no interest in it.
1: Okay. I wonder if I wouldn't give it that now, but okay.
0: And the creepy Jesus voices is a Uh, reference that unfortunately our listeners probably are well familiar with. But if you're not, check out that episode.
1: Yeah, do please listen to that episode. I I worked. I, I put a little work into that edit of the Jesus Storybook Bible. So check it out if you haven't, if you're a new listener and are not easily offended.
0: Which, if you're still here... I mean, yeah, that's true. And I gave it two out of five alcoholic beverages because of uh, fi- it's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah,
1: Alan Jackson, right?
0: Yep. Yeah. Then we looked at Turn Your Eyes, Colin. Turn Them. Look at me. By Lauren Daigle. Um, you gave it three out of five Mellotrons.
1: Yeah, really cool sounding song and just had a beautiful vibe to it with the Mellotron. What I presume was a Mellotron or certainly something that sounded like it. It's nice
0: The orchestration was nice Her style was very different Than yeah. most of the other stuff That I've heard mm-hmm. her do mm-hmm. uh, I gave it three out of five Disappearing S's We looked at Come Now Fount By page 116 Or CXVI Depending on uh, how you count uh, You gave it four out of five Bass guitars Lamenting the lack of A bottom end to the music And I gave it four out of five Air Raid sirens Because something in that song Sounded like an Air Raid siren To yeah. me Yeah Then we looked at All Creatures of Our God and King by David Crowder. You gave it three out of five happy little clouds. That's right. Referring to Bob Ross's Mm -hmm. hair. And I gave it three out of five goatees, referring to uh, Crowder's hair on his chinny-chin-chin. Then we looked at Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah. Which, by
1: the way, is funny because I have no hair on my head and you have no hair on your chin. That's
0: true. That's true.
1: Some listeners don't have a clue what we look like, so.
0: Okay. Um,
1: Where are we now? He will uh, hold me slow?
0: No, not yet. Um, we looked at Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah ah. by Indelible Grace, and both came in, I think, <laughs> fond of it, but then after having reviewed it carefully, uh, had some more issues with it. So you gave it three out of five candles in the wind, That's afraid right. the lady die, and yes. I gave it four out of five house slippers, because Sandra McCracken, I think. Yes. Was sure sounded like her roaming around in slippers. Then we looked at Great is Thy Faithfulness by Austin Stone Worship and really by John Piper. Um, with a score of four out of five public domains, yeah. Collins' skepticism,
1: part two of Desiring God. We should call that song,
0: Hmm.
1: yeah, or adaptation of Desiring God.
0: Then, without warning, desire, or deserving, (laughs) you change this hymn and now it's stuck with me. Yep. Um And I gave it four out of five impromptu directions on what to think about. Sorry, that was a long quantifier, but um, it seems like I really don't like, I mean, just reflecting on myself, I really don't like being told what to think. Yeah,
1: you're not a fan of the, like, little interjections and things.
0: Nope. I I remember disliking it with the Sovereign Grace stuff. I disliked it with, um, um, oh, um. Jesus paid it all, and I disliked it here.
1: Yeah, I mean, the when you say the sovereign grace stuff, you are thinking specifically, right? If I remember conversations we've had about the um, the kind of Gospel Coalition conference where it's Bob Coughlin leading it on piano, and he's just interjecting yeah. constantly. So,
0: it's, yes, I have his voice stuck in my head right. because some, some of these songs. When peace like a river. when peace like a river. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean he's doing the right. he's doing the text often, but then sometimes he's just he'll just repeat something after right. you've done. Um, yes. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious, glorious. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah,
1: and I have to say that is that is the way. I mean that's authentic. Bob Coughlin. Like, oh yeah. I, yeah, I
0: don't think it's inauthentic at all. Yeah, I don't have to like it. No, you so, don't have to like it. <laughs> uh, then we looked at "He Will Hold Me Fast."
1: Um, oh, we liked this one.
0: Yeah, we both we both were fond of this. You more than I, so you gave it uh, five out of five. Board guitar players. Yeah,
1: I hope people go to the spot on that video where that guy, I think it's three, three minutes and 40 seconds. I still remember it off the top of my head. Which this, The you, guy's look is so funny.
0: I mean, I seem to be bothered by being told what to think, but you seem to notice these weird people in videos too. <laughs> so you notice the blank smiley stares with the victory in Jesus video. Well, I've
1: become accustomed to seeing weird people. I see one every time I look in the mirror. Yeah. And so I just see them now. It's, it's a it, gift. They don't even know they're weird. They're walking around like regular people.
0: Lizard people. And I gave it four out of five mashups, referring to a hymn that has been appended and pre-pended to the song. Hmm. Then we looked at I Stand Amazed/slash How Marvelous by our boy Chris Tomlin. Four out of five, everybody sings for Colin, and three out of five breaks for applause for me. So yep. both of us uh, was. Uh, commenting on the performance there,
1: a lot of a lot of songs in kind of the the mushy middle here, you know. Yeah, like, actually, not a lot of not a lot of songs that we thought were just exceptional. A few, just a few and a few. It's like kind of a bell curve, I have to say, with this series. It seems like it. Maybe you have actually done some. Analytics. I have a chart. Yeah, okay. look at a,
0: of a histogram, I will. Um, and then we looked at if God. Finally, Nothing But The Blood by Mm -hmm. KCJ, and you gave it 3 out of 5 pop filters, and I gave it 4 out of 5 mantles, referring to the fireplace. So, Colin, can you guess which one of us had a higher average score than the other?
1: Well, I know. I I don't think you gave any ones, or maybe you only gave one one. But then again, maybe I gave some more fives. So I'm gonna, I'm still going to guess you were more generous with these.
0: Um, yeah. You gave out two ones. I gave out only one one. Mm-hmm. But you gave out a lot of fives. Man. Did I really? You gave out more fives. Great
1: inflation. Ugh.
0: <sighs> Side comment. Feel free to cut this. When I got back my course evaluations for uh-huh. this year, They did something new that they've never done before. They showed my score, my department's average, and the college's average. Wait.
1: Oh, oh, really? For
0: each question. Oh. And you know what this taught me? Where I thought I was great, I was – like I I would get a really nice score on a question. I thought, oh, man, my students really appreciate me. And then I see the entire university is full of students that are submitting basically the same scores for everything. So like the grade inflation worked the – Works both ways. I see.
1: The, it works in evaluations as well. Yeah,
0: it seems like they're really unwilling to be harsh in their criticism there. Hmm. So, um, yeah, anyway, um, maybe some great inflation at play here. But, Colin, actually, you were more generous than I was.
1: Oh, okay. That surprises me. Barely. So, okay.
0: um, your average, the arithmetic mean, is 3.45. okay. Mine is 3.35. Wow. So rather close. We often agreed, but in the cases where we disagreed, you were slightly more generous than I was.
1: And it sounds like on average we were okay-ish with the songs that we looked at in this series.
0: Yeah, the average was above three. Okay.
1: Well, I wonder how that compares to the first series.
0: Okay, compared to the first season... This is much better. In fact, more than a full point better. Oh, wow. Okay. So, in the first series, your average was (laughs) 2.4. Okay. 2.4. Okay. Uh, Very bad stuff there. Yeah. My average, no way. My average was also 2.4. Ah. Really, really, really uh, close that first season. Wow. Okay. So- Th- those are our averages. Uh, I will now shout out the best of the second series. So, with an average score of five between the two of us, uh, we have "How Great Thou Art" by Hillsong. Mm-hmm. Both.
1: That's incredible both that a Hillsong song.
0: I never would have thought. Ended up being. The stereotype of Hillsong is yep. kind of vapid praise music, yep. and this one was great. And then we also had an average of five for. Before the Throne of God Above by Sovereign Grace. And then a few songs tied for second, but I I won't give them any honorable mentions, just desire.
1: No, this is... um, We have to fix the participation trophies that our generation is inflicting upon the world, so... Yeah. Um, No honorable mentions.
0: And then the worst of the second series was It Is Well by Bethel, which (laughs) I think that song... Did some damage to you on a really personal level. I mean, you took that song personally. Um, I didn't like it, but I was kind of shocked. You, you said at one point, I quote, I felt violated.
1: <laughs> what was so, I so bad about? I don't remember.
0: How they uh, misappropriated the hymn oh, okay. in that song. Yeah. And then the second worst one with this average score of 1.5 was in the garden. Okay. So, uh, that's the best of the best and the worst of the worst. Now let's look at listener feedback. Oh, so, yes.
1: We had some good stuff this series.
0: Fantastic listener feedback. Not so, as, as much start- listener
1: feedback, but we did have some real co- – we had quality listener yeah. feedback. We had quality listener feedback in the first series, too. It's just that there was quantity, too, and, and this one – we just had some really nice responses.
0: Yes, and it's, I get an email every week from uh, one listener, yeah. and it's always excellent really helpful. feedback. Usually about um, usually about content, but also podcasting tips because this person yeah. is also a podcaster and has good mm-hmm. tips on audio quality. But um, maybe we'll go through them in order that we recorded. So we got some good feedback on greatest Thy Faithfulness," Colin. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about that? Sure. There was a verse omitted from Greatest Thy Faithfulness. And we did not mention this because it did not occur to either of us. But the <laughs> verse is summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Yeah. Well, no, Wait, we, we, no. Did, we did talk about.
1: We did talk about that verse.
0: Sorry, we talked about it, but we did not make this connection. We
1: didn't make the connections. We just kind of thought, okay, this is a verse that maybe is referencing some Psalms. It didn't seem to fit with other parts of the uh, the song. So we kind of thought, okay, well, it's fine that it's not there. But we got some really thoughtful feedback on this. Um, And I I guess I didn't get, we don't have. Permission, explicit permission to use the person's name, so I won't. But the person giving the feedback, uh, she sent an email, and uh, she she basically was um, she was just waiting for us to get to God's covenant with Noah, and that's what because that's what she sees in this verse. She quotes Genesis chapter eight verses twenty one through twenty two, which says, "The Lord smelled the soothing aroma." The Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man, for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth, and I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. And then this is where you really see the connection. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. And when I read this email, I was like, oh, wow! Wow! Right? It's just, oh, that's why that verse is there. That's what those lines in the song are referencing. And so she says this covenant is unconditional, rooted solely in God's faithfulness. It shows his mercy in saving a remnant from his wrath and his love for his creation and especially his people. The changing of the seasons and the rising and setting of the sun point to a specific promise that is being kept by a faithful God. And here, here, uh, very true, uh, fantastic analysis of that verse, which uh, now is in the record, as it were, of the worship review. And uh, to our shame, we didn't include, but thankfully this listener thought to write us and to share this. It really, um, I, what did I, I'm pretty sure, I didn't give this song a full five, right? You gave it a four. I, I gave it a four. Um, and I have to say, Uh, now that I know the meaning of this verse, which was omitted, it just makes that omission all the more, it makes that omission suddenly a bit more troubling. Yeah. You know? I would have knocked it down from a four to a three. Yeah, I think so, because-
0: Especially given what was added.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. So this was just one of those, this is one of the bits of feedback that you just love, love getting.
0: Yeah. And I have to say- Um, In the nature of this song, um, I have to say this is a hymn that focuses solely on God's faithfulness and praises God's faithfulness. And so to add something about our desire for God, which is not a bad thing, or God's desire for us, which is not a bad thing, um, not only is it out of place, but for John Piper to do it is problematic to me because it would be as if – let's take another big name. Like Tim Keller wrote a book – or sorry. It would be as if Tim Keller cut a stanza from How Great Thou Art and then added in something like um, – well some say this and others say the other but I will say third there is thing. a That's middle right in way. the middle yeah, yeah exactly and, and so it would be as if we just kind of these big big name authors and pastors who have their own kind of schools of thought sure. were rewriting hymns to align with their schools of yeah. thought even if we agree with them it can yeah. still be an issue yeah um, okay then we got some Uh, feedback from He Will Hold Me Fast, and I thought this connection was fascinating. Um, um, This is not a theological one, but the listener heard the version as sung by the Gettys and said, this is exactly like When She Loved Me from Toy Story 2, um, which is this song that the character Jesse sings um because her owner is uh, moving on and so the when when i heard the song and and i had heard it in my childhood so immediately i was bringing back memories to watch this clip Um, but if you play them side by side the listener says this is the orchestration that's relevant but also the the timbre of the voices is really really similar in the way that Mm. she's singing it the kind of somber um background music it's it's pretty interesting.
1: Who,
0: like thyself, my God and strength can be through cloud and sunshine, Lord. I-
1: she was lonely I was there to comfort her and I knew that she loved me
0: then we got some um, feedback on I stand amazed whatever little man here I wrote little man in my notes. Well, anyway, um, how marvelous! Slash, I stand amazed by Chris Tomlin. Uh, Colin did something that we have never done before on this ser on this ep- on this entire podcast. It was weird. He did not endorse a song and then gave it a four out of five. Yeah,
1: that yeah, was so weird. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't have anything else to say about it. I do stick with my decision. It it felt to me like a kind of compromise, Um, like the one after the death of Julius Caesar, where the murderers are like, we killed a tyrant. But then they're like, well, but if we kill the tyrant, then all of our political positions, which the tyrant gave us, are null and void. So the tyrant died. And so, and you know, that everyone just kind of walks away and pretends that Julius Caesar was struck by lightning. It was kind of like that. It was a sort of weird compromise where I had two different metrics to use and I could ding the song on one metric, but still recognize that on the whole, I thought the song was pretty good apart from the, the one, the condemned thing.
0: Do you think that that's something that uh, will pop up again in the future?
1: I hope not, because it (laughs) felt very strange. It it did feel like I was being torn into. I
0: have to say, one thing I've been reflecting on is our idea of endorsement of songs. Yeah, maybe we can stick to the... Just the rating. The rating. Oh, little man! Finally, I figured out what it was. I wanted to share this feedback from a listener. So this listener... Um, shared with me. Do you know who Roger Ebert is? Oh yeah, um, of film I critic. Do. Yeah. So he he um, has a blog post from 2008 called "You Give Out Too Many Stars." And so one of the criticisms that he received often was that he was too generous with with his stars along um, star based rating systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he said this: the only rating system that makes sense to me is the Little man of the San Francisco Chronicle who has seen one jumping out of his seat and applauding wildly. Two, sitting up happily and applauding, three, sitting attentively, four asleep in his seat. Or five, gone from his seat. So Mick LaSalle, who's a film critic for the San Francisco Chronicle, um, gives descriptions of each of these little men. So number one, the little man jumping out of his seat clapping. This is reserved for hands down great films. Um, so maybe we could reserve the five stars, and I think we have for yeah. kind of hands down great songs. Um, the Clapping Little Man is number two. So this is a definite endorsement. No B-minuses here. This is telling people that they will enjoy this movie. So maybe, and I think this is how I have used it, um, a definite and even a strong endorsement of a song is a four. Um, whereas the little man number three, um, who is just kind of sitting there, this has been our cold endorsement of songs, too. So yeah. uh, Listeners, check out the San Francisco Chronicles system of film ratings. It's fascinating, this little man cartoon uh, for a five-star scale or a five-point scale for rating things.
1: Yeah, we got another bit of uh, just like a point of information, which we should add again to the record. So when we were doing He Will Hold Me Fast, we had talked about the origin of this song, and I had had a vague sense that it wasn't the Gettys that had put that song together, but I could never quite figure out who it was. And lo and behold, a listener of the show knew this information. So the guy that wrote the song, his name is Matt Merker.
0: A Christian worship leader in Washington, D.C., who now works with the Gettys on their music team.
1: And he was at Capitol Hill... Baptist Church in DC. So, helpful point of information. Appreciate getting those, too.
0: Listeners, thank you so much for another successful series. We appreciate all your feedback. We appreciate your uh, continued attention to what we're doing on this show, especially when you send us corrections or omissions on our part. We appreciate that a lot.
1: Thank Um, you for reviewing the Worship Review and sharing your feedback with us, because it does help us to develop as podcasters and as Christians, quite frankly. And financial growth, if you follow our six tips. That's what we're doing next. By the way, that's how to get a podcast successful is claim that you're going to help people make money.
0: Yeah. Have you guys heard about my new herbal supplements? (laughs)
1: That's right, health Um, podcast too. Oh my goodness.
0: We are looking forward to our next series. I have to tell you, we're going to do 10 episodes and we are going to take a look at the number one song on the Christian gospel slash worship charts in the top 10 countries that listen to this podcast. And uh, they are not all North American or European countries. We have listeners all over the world. We appreciate you and uh, we want to give the music that is being sung in your countries a fair treatment. And I will say uh, one restriction that I'm going to implement Before we even begin, is we are going to look at the number one Christian worship gospel song in your country that is in English. Because I've looked at in the Philippines and in Nigeria, uh, we're not going to try and put your songs in Google Translate, and then it would be unfair to judge the translation. So we're going to look at the number one English language song in your country. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to The Worship Review. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, or email us at feedback at theworshipreview.com. We accept donations at anchor.fm slash theworshipreview and patreon.com slash theworshipreview. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.